0: vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised.
1: Welcome to a brand new edition of the line over the line should i say i thought i had gotten that out of my system over the line andrew mcclain on this tuesday where we have a whole lot going on Right now on Capitol Hill, they're doing the hearings for the brand new Attorney General, the one that will replace Jeff Sessions. I don't know how exciting that will be. We probably won't uh, bring you any of that until tomorrow where we've got some highlights. There'll be a lot of talk. I'm gonna go ahead and assume that all the talk will revolve around what type of leash This new attorney general will have on Robert Mueller and the Mueller investigation. Because that's all Democrats are concerned about. An investigation that was built on fake evidence and has found no collusion in a long, very long two years so. We'll keep an eye on that. See what happens. Uh, also, have a guest coming up. We're going to have uh, some of you guys may remember this person, uh, the Hollywood conservative Amanda Head. You heard her on uh, on the Yellowhammer shows. On uh, man, uh, she went through a couple of different shows, the Ford Faction, and uh, back when Yellowhammer Radio was. Scott Chambers and Andrea Tice, which seems like ages ago, but it really wasn't that long ago, maybe a year or so. Uh, we've been talking back and forth about her coming on just for a few minutes and visiting with us from time to time. So uh, today's going to be that day. We're going to have her stop by just for 10, 15 minutes and talk about uh, everything that's going on from the border issue uh, to the. Whatever, whatever we've got going on. The thing, uh, the biggest thing now, and, and this pertains to the border issue, is the fact that as I'm watching CNN last night, MSNBC, I'm noticing they have transitioned their wall-to-wall coverage from the border wall fight to back to, Russian collusion. And what they do, uh, and what they have done throughout this this entire process, is whenever the topic comes up of Russia or the Mueller investigation, they do these big, long segments that are these conspiracy theories that tie this to that, that to the other, and then this big spider web that just proves that Trump colluded with Russia. Uh, Rachel Maddow, in particular... She has always been in the business of uh, uh, tying the Trump administration and showing the parallels between the Trump administration and uh, the Nixon administration. She was doing that again last night. But the reason that they've transitioned from one to the other is simply because they know that the Democrats have lost this border wall fight. Even they know it, so they've completely disassociated themselves with the topic and they're on to something else. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they themselves have been left out on an island. Because once they lose the media, they've pretty much lost the fight. As I mentioned, we have a very special guest on the line. It is the one and only Hollywood conservative, Amanda Head. Very excited to have her. Amanda, how are you today?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me
1: on. This is kind of a big deal because uh, I'll be honest with you, back when we were on the radio station, the Yellowhammer guys basically had the rights to you. So it would have been inappropriate for me to come <laughs> up and try to steal you and bring you on our show. So I had to just sit on my hands and wait. But now we're in a position we can bring you on the show and talk about some of this stuff. Very excited.
2: <laughs> That's right. Yep.
1: So uh, I just want to touch on a few of the the hot topics going on right now. And just before... Uh, You called us, we were talking about the border issue and and what the Democrats have dealt with. Something I noticed last night is that the media has completely transitioned from wall-to-wall border talk to -to wall-to-wall Russia talk, which is an old tire topic that they've preached on days and days and days and weeks and even years at this point. Is that, in your opinion, because they know Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have have lost this fight over the border wall
2: yeah and you know i mean this has kind of been the status quo since president trump was elected they have basically three stories that they keep in rotation and whenever it's politically expedient they they shift stories and president trump's not going to budge on this wall like it's not going to happen um this has been a campaign promise that this is why people voted nine. I would say 90 percent of people who voted for him. This was why. Yeah, it was Obamacare. Yeah, it was a referendum on Obama. But the border wall was the main reason. And President Trump knows this. He knows that if he waivers on this, that 2020 is lost. So he's not going to waver. Chuck and Nancy are going to have to be the ones to cave. And I think that it's moving in that direction where Chuck and Nancy and, and you know, the, the whole optics thing, I, I simply, I don't understand how Democrats think that it's a good idea to spend the weekend in Puerto Rico, seeing Broadway musicals and laying on the beach. And, you know, I understand that it was to raise money for Puerto Rico but since when do you go to the disaster area to raise money on the backs of the disaster folks? Oh, like, right. You're, <laughs> you're trying to raise money in the town where it happened, you idiots.
1: All you, all you um, people that have lost your livelihood and your homes and all that stuff, uh, we need y'all to uh, bring us our drinks while we hang yeah, out. Yeah, go beach, ahead please. and
2: give us money so we can filter it through our tax process so you won't even get all of that back. Um, But then, you know, of course, over Christmas and New Year's, Nancy was in Hawaii and Chuck was off in various towns. And and Trump didn't have a Christmas or a New Year's because, you know, he he loves Mar-a-Lago. It's where he likes to go when he has time off and he canceled both of his trips down there. Um, So I I, I actually I can't understand what Democrats endgame is as far as optics, because I'm not a politician. I, I never, never will be. I've never had any interest in running for office, but you've got to be an idiot to think that those, that those are the optics that are going to gain you support from the American people. And, you know, there, of course there are lots of commie liberals out there who are against the wall, but the, it it's shifting because in January of last year, in January of 2018, it was 42% or excuse me, 34% uh, supporting the wall and 63% opposing. Now it's they're within like a 10-point margin. 42% supporting it and 54% opposing. Right. So the efforts are moving in our direction, and and you know what? It's because of President Trump and his administration's relentless pursuit of facts and they have continued to push the facts. They have continued to, you know, put these, these families out there who have lost loved ones. Um, They've continued to throw it back in the faces of Democrats. I was saying this on air yesterday, you know, all of us on the conservative side, we have recalled speeches and instances when Chuck and Nancy and Barack and Hillary and Bill and george and and all of them supported walls in the past we love to throw that back in their face right i don't think it's effective enough until one of president trump's speech writers actually takes an entire transcript from barack obama's speech in the rose garden takes that entire speech and president trump re-delivers that speech word for word yeah. because it's going to take them a minute to figure out that it's the same speech and once they do, it's gonna it's gonna smack them in the face. And yes, of course they are going to accuse them of plagiarism, but it, it will get the point across.
1: Well, so I, and, I mean, it. take a page out of these campus reform guys' book. You know, they do that all the time. They'll go to Liberty University or wherever and and take comments from Obama or, or Pelosi or whoever. Tell them it's Trump. They'll demonize it. And say, "Oh, I can't believe he said that." Oh, yeah. Well, actually, that's Obama.
2: Yeah. And so. I love when they do that. I, I absolutely love it. But you know what? I mean, that generation, they're such pea brains anyway. Um, and I, I, I hate to, to generalize the entire group, but honestly, I've got friends, a friend of mine, she was my friend who, who, you know, got married and pregnant first and she has a daughter who's 13 and she she talks about her and obviously she loves her to death. And you know, she's her mother and, and she thinks very highly of her, but she's like, Amanda, oh my God, she's an idiot. (laughs) Like she knows nothing, but it's, it's, she lives in California. Um, she lives down in orange County and she goes to a great school. She goes to a private school, but as far as, you know, American history and civics and things like that, I mean, they they don't know anything. They, They truly don't. And they are going, um, I was talking about on air yesterday, we were talking about the teacher strike here in Los Angeles. 40% of students leave LAUSD college ready. 40%. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How devastating is that? And look, I, I, we, I went to public school in Birmingham. I went to Hoover High School and it was an amazing school. Like I, I, I feel <laughs> Just grammatically speaking, I feel smarter than 90% of my 36-year-old counterparts. Um, But it was a good public school system, and and there are good public schools out there. But I think, by and large, you have an issue of the education system, the curriculum itself shifting, where kids just are not – and, Andrew, I know I remember when I was growing up – or maybe when I was in college and you probably felt the same way, I remember thinking, you know, why in high school didn't we have any type of like – and I think it was actually you – no, it was another friend of mine um, that posted a story about how in South Carolina they're passing a law that you have to take a, a personal finance course before right. you graduate. Um, and we didn't have that when I was in high school, and that was the one complaint I had about our school system because I didn't feel – I didn't feel ready financially to really be on my own and be in the real world. Um But I picked those those skills up in college and just, you know, talking to my parents about it. But none of that stuff is getting taught. These kids don't know. And and I think it's because for a lot of them, they're going into college with the expectation that they are going to end up back at home with mom and dad, at least for a short amount of time.
1: Well, yeah, they've been preached to about victimhood status and they're basically told from the start, hey. Uh, life's hard and and life's going to be against you. You're going to be a victim. So just be prepared that you may be 35 years old living in your parents' basement because that's a high possibility. When in reality, that doesn't have to be a a, a high possibility. You can go out there and tackle life and not uh, be put in that situation. But if you think from the get-go that there's a good chance that's going to be your life at age 35 – you'll get back in there and do it. And, and, and just to the uh, larger point, I remember taking a class where they had us balancing a checkbook, but it was it was one of those classes that the football coach taught, and it was apparent that, <laughs> that, that they were just trying to find something for him to do, so you didn't really learn anything in that class. But really, right. if you were going to learn that stuff, you had to learn it from either your parents or you know watch Dave Ramsey, which YouTube wasn't really a thing back then, but – uh, you know, you had to learn it some other way. But as far as the, the small children going into school, it, it's got to be a lot harder depending on where you're from or where you live. Like if you live out on the West Coast, you can try to prepare your kid to be in a frame of mind to think logically when it comes to uh, a worldview or politics or whatever. And, and then be surrounded by all all the left-leaning Looney Tunes and, and whatever you tell yeah. your kid may not help, but my kid, uh, being in Alabama, it's a lot different, but my kid is, is I've ruined him to the point where he won't even make a friend without asking what political party that that kid affiliates themselves with, which most of them uh, say, what are you talking about?
2: Yeah, and in this climate, like I literally look at everyone I meet through the scope of, I wonder if they're a Hillary voter. That's
1: literally <laughs> I'm it. I'm at that point, too. And
2: I hate it. I hate it, but like, I look at somebody and I'm like, "Oh God, she definitely voted for Hillary."
1: You know? You know, I've never you. even thought about that, but I, I'm the exact same way. Like, I, I drive for Uber and left. When people get in my car, it's the first thing I think, and I'm like, "Okay, uh, I don't know what side they're on, so I need to be careful about what I say within our conversation because I don't want to trigger something. Uh, this person attacks me, or whatever the case yeah. is. I don't want to. I don't me, want a bad situation. You
2: know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine on Twitter yesterday, who's a teacher in Louisiana and she she's a conservative and she was asking my opinion on the shutdown. And she was like, she was like, I can't even talk about it in school because even in Louisiana, because she's in academia, um, it's, it's a more liberal workforce. And that was, I mean, you, Andrew, you know, I was in the music industry for nine years. And the, one of the main reasons I went into this job is because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Like I, it's why my nickname is the mouth of the South. I couldn't keep my opinions to myself. And I always have an opinion about something and it was hurting my career. And I, and I was like, you know what? It's not even worth it to me anymore. I don't even care that much about music anymore. But the unfortunate thing is, you know, I have shifted into a career where it's literally my job to talk about politics. So I'm okay. But my fiance is an actor and he, you know, he did an Amazon series last year. He he's going to be on. So Apple has started doing their own streaming content like Amazon and Netflix and all of that. And one of their their first big shows Ryan is on. And when he and I are out at events for him, I'm sure all of his friends and all of the people he works with, they probably think I'm a Russian spy because I am so vague about what I do. Right. Because and and I usually have this line I sometimes I try to be I'm kind and I say, "Oh, you know, I just, you know, I I work in media." And I'm and I try to just kind of, you know, skirt the topic. But if they have already been bashing Trump and then they say, "What do you do?" Then I I say something to the effect of, um, "I don't really talk about my job in civilian circles." And that's so what I just, you say. You I say I knock them down a peg. I defend Trump know?
1: against jabronis like yourself. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I just kind of knock them down a peg. But seriously, they probably think I'm I'm an international spy or something because I'm so vague about it. But but truly, it it is literally a professional liability for Ryan to be with me. Oh, I can imagine. Go get blackballed. Um, so, you know, our our future family and home and livelihood depends on me being able to keep my mouth shut in certain circles. Well, uh, and, which is the hardest and thing in the world.
1: That's right. another thing is is congratulations on the big engagement that happened over Thank Christmas. You. Was that part of a Christmas yes. gift?
2: Um <laughs> Uh, he proposed to me on Christmas Eve and then I had subsequent presents on Christmas day, but I was actually just asking him yesterday. I was like, what did you give me for Christmas? Because <laughs> the, the ring and Christmas Eve, the events of that day just kind of usurped everything. And I don't hardly remember anything else.
1: I was going to say, man, this guy's got to think it through. If you're going to propose for Christmas, that's such a big deal. You may be off the hook for the rest of the guests. I mean, you can oh, just you save totally some money.
2: Are. Yeah, absolutely. But he, um, I am a big American history buff. And so for the last couple of Christmases, he has um, had this thing of where he has given me American history memorabilia. So I got uh, one of my favorite pieces of American history memorabilia um, back in the first couple centuries of, or maybe the first century and a half of our country's birth. Um, instead of buttons or or anything like that obviously not t-shirts political candidates would hand out tokens and so i have a token uh from abraham lincoln's candidacy and it actually is worth even more because uh the first batch of coins that they minted They misspelled Abraham, and nice. it just says Abram Lincoln. That's so I awesome. have one of that's probably one of my favorite pieces, and then I have a little lapel pin that's a Kennedy destroyer because my my fiance's last name is Kennedy. Uh, nice. But he he gave me you know some other things like that because I, I'm just a nerd when it comes to that.
1: Well, stuff, you so. know what's funny is is our other halves are dealing. They're they're having to live the same life because my girlfriend has now been put in the position where she has to do the, do the exact same thing. And she's constantly getting me political pins, Theodore Roosevelt, or you know Kennedy, or whatever the case is. So, and she's she's over there making shadow boxes, all kinds of stuff, just to make sure I've got this stuff hooked up. It's so funny to hear somebody else dealing with the same thing because I, I love oh, yeah. that stuff. I'm a nerd about yeah, it.
2: Yeah, I've got I've got mine in a shadow box too, and then he also gave me um, an inauguration invitation an original one from reagan's inauguration
1: that's so awesome i know you got to go do some stuff so let me do this let me let me just move back to the border issue real quick and just get some final thoughts from you uh donald trump has gone out of his way to make sure the democrats are getting what they're asking for whether that's daca whether that's uh, more technology on the border the Democrats are painting this as Donald Trump wants a wall and nothing else. He wants to build a wall, send the Border Patrol agents home, and just leave it like it is, which is completely untrue. Donald Trump has compromised to the point where Democrats get everything they want, Donald Trump gets his wall, and it's a win-win for everybody. But the Democrats shut it down. They, they shut down the, the, the negotiations, even though they're getting what they want, because they know that uh, if a wall is built... It will forever be a reminder to them that at one time Donald Trump was their president and they cannot stand for that. What's your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. And and also, you know, what I was saying earlier about, you know, the wall 2020 hinges on this wall. And if Donald Trump gets this wall, regardless of what Democrats get for their part, um, that will basically seal his victory for 2020. And they can't stand, you know, they still over two years later, they still have such a problem settling with the fact that he's their president. And it's what it all comes down to is their refusal to give him a win, even though it would be a big win for them, too. They just they they, you know, it's it's a an issue of self-destruction in the interest of destroying someone else. Wow. Um, It's really sad that we are at that place in this country.
1: Yeah. What's sad is it? People on this planet are actually living their life in such a miserable state on a daily basis. I mean, imagine just being somebody on the other side that hates Trump so much. You wake up every day thinking about him. You go to bed thinking about him. You hate him. And and, and you're just miserable. You're all around yeah, miserable because of Donald Trump.
2: They're consumed with it. And it's it's sad. And, you know, they go to bed angry every night. I go to bed in a Donald Trump sweatshirt. So I'm good.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Uh, real quick, before you get out of here, tell everybody uh, how they can find you. You got any appearances coming up, radio show. Where can uh, everybody find Amanda Head, Hollywood Conservative?
2: Sure. So I'm on Twitter at the HWCon, TheHWCon, T-H-E-H-W-C-O-N. Um, I have my own website, TheHollywoodConservative.us. It's an aggregate news website. I curate all the news that goes on there. So if it's an article on my website, that's because I think it's important. And then I have a two hour show every day, 10 to noon Pacific, uh, one to 3 PM Eastern on America's voice. So yeah, lots of ways to find me.
1: Very cool. Very cool. I hope we can make this a regular thing. I mean, even if you just come on for 10 or 15 minutes, we'll see if we can hook it up because, uh, the news is, getting crazier and crazier by the day. So there's never a, a time that we don't have something to talk about. Amanda, I appreciate it, and I will talk to you soon, my friend.
2: All right. Thank you, bud.
1: There talk you go, you soon. Amanda Head, Hollywood Conservative. You guys, make sure you check her out on uh, all the places there that she just mentioned. Appreciate her taking out some time to talk to us. When we get back on the other side, plenty to get to as the uh, session continues to roll on where senators question the new incoming attorney general on a plethora of things. Mainly, what's he going to do to the Mueller investigation? Over the line, line, overthelineshow.com. We'll be back right after this. Y'all hang tight.
3: I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay.
0: The wall just got 10 feet taller.
3: Some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out.
4: No taxes for our jobs, the money we're accruing. Instead of ATMs, we send it home with Western Union. I would build a great wall, but nobody builds walls better than me, believe me.
5: Tonight, but she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation She's coming in 12.35 The moonlight wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation I stopped the no man along the way Hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient melodies
1: Over the line uh, Hanging out with ya on this cold, cold, cold day. Actually, when I went outside this morning, I didn't think it was that cold. And I got here out here to the studio, and it's uh, a lot colder than I anticipated because the way our studio is set up, it's it's on the property of the home base, but it's actually out back in a secret bunker underground. We're actually uh, 20 feet underground right now. I'm just kidding. We're not really. That would be cool, though. I guess in the realm of radio, theater of the mind, I could tell you all whatever I wanted to tell you about where this is located, right? And it wouldn't matter. The phone number, if you want to get in today, 646-668-2714. 646-668-2714. We're supposed to have my man, Michael Hart, on the show tomorrow. We're going to do a cool little thing where he actually calls us during his show as most of you guys know we've we've done a deal where our shows slightly overlap each other which was something we we both worked out together when it comes down to it we're not all working in the same building it makes it harder to to coordinate life and the podcast and all that kind of stuff our main thing is putting this podcast out online so people can listen to it whenever you want to. So the live version is not that important. If you are going to listen to somebody live and have to choose between me and Michael Hart, just go ahead and with Michael Hart and listen to me on the backside. But we're doing what we can. So excited about having him on tomorrow. Uh, I'm also working on getting Scott Beeson on the show for a few. Just to get some of his views on what's been going on as of late, the border wall issue. Uh, I also want to ask him, he may not even want to talk about this, I don't know, but the the latest issue that uh, the mainstream media has consumed themselves with is Representative Stephen King. Now Stephen King has apparently in an interview with the New York Times uh, made some comments that are having him stripped of his committee assignments. And even asking, people asking him to resign. Uh, I, I first saw, that I didn't know anything about this till late last night as I'm kind of uh, thumbing through the news. And I see it and I'm like, man, he must have done something. He must have said something awful. He must have dropped a, an N-word or, you know, some sort of crazy derogatory comment that was obviously racist because Republicans are coming out and saying things like, you know, this is unacceptable, and we're not having it. Uh, McCarthy, I think McCarthy said that uh, this is not the first time something like this has happened. I've actually got, uh, this is from an MSN article. They've got a video of McCarthy speaking on the subject. I kind of want to hear what he has to say. Keep in mind, I don't know what's, what, this video entails i'm just winging it as i always do but this is kevin mccarthy uh as of last night i believe he made these comments about representative stephen king in his comments
3: Uh, the steering committee just met and we agreed to um we will not be seating steve king on any committees in the 116th congress here's an announcement decision from steering um in light of the comments these are not the first time we've heard these comments um That is not the party of Lincoln and it's definitely not America. All people are created equal in America and we want to take a very strong stance about that. I have communicated that to Steve. I met with Steve, um, had an opportunity to sit with him, I told him what my recommendation would be. I just got off the phone with him and told him he will not be sitting on committees in the 116th Congress.
5: Mr. Romney
4: said that he should resign from Congress. Do you agree with Mitt Romney on
3: that? Uh, The voters of his district make those decisions. I think. from the action of this conference, we believe uh, in the swift action because we do not believe in his words. I'll let you hear from his answer. I don't think he agreed with me. Um, but uh, I sat, I talked to him, I let him make his case, I looked at past comments, past uh, research of things that have been said, and I do not think that is becoming of uh, individual to serve on committees. Was the
4: committee unanimous?
3: Yes.
1: Would you support a challenge
4: to King? I to Look, I him. think uh,
3: voters have that decision to make. I think we spoke very Anyway, blah
1: blah, 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 blah. Uh, so uh, he uh, stripped him of uh, any any chance of being on a committee in the 116th Congress. Says it's not the first time we've heard these comments, which uh, I, I don't necessarily know what that means. And I'm, I'm no Steve King defender. I don't care one way or the other. Here's my thing, though. When I see these kind of things, the first thing I think of, because 99% of the time, this is what happens. Something was said that was not only not racist, but not intended to be racist, was taken out of context, blown up, and a guy was ruined because of it. We see it time and time again. Y'all know it. So, my first assumption is this is one of those situations. This is one of those where this guy's getting railroaded. Because if something that can even be construed as racist, even though it's blatantly obvious it's not racist or rooted in racism, the left pounces first. The left will pounce, and then the left will point at Republicans and say, hey, if y'all don't denounce this, That makes you all racist too. And then Republicans are forced to condemn the person no matter what it is. There are public servants that say things that are more than likely rooted in racism. Some of you guys remember a a guy, speaking of Beeson, he was on Beeson's show, Joe Bonner, who was running for... Ag secretary or whatever it was. Was he running against uh, dial time here in Alabama? And he posted some stuff on Facebook that were were obviously offensive, inappropriate, and uncalled for. But he he stuck up for them and and he took his licks. he went up and uh, and and explained why he posted them he defended them whatever else uh, but they were they were pretty racist even being nice about it they were somewhat racist which is not a good thing but this guy representative Steve King makes some comments to the New York Times in an interview and what he says, let me see if I can find his uh, his comments. It's it's just one line that got him in trouble. They were talking about what people find offensive these days and, and really talking about the topic of people getting railroaded for racism when they're not racist. Ironically, that's what they're talking about. Um He asked this New York Times reporter among that conversation, he said, quote, white nationalist, white supremacist, Western civilization. How did that language become offensive? That's the comment that now has him being asked to to resign and being stripped of any chance of being on a a committee in Congress. I analyzed it last night. I really pondered on it, and I said, I don't know why he would throw in the term white supremacist. Why why say white supremacist? uh, Why is that offensive? Well, white supremacist, I think, is a, a term that's been bolstered by the left And it's almost the new racism in the sense of the word, where racism doesn't mean much these days because anybody and everybody calls the person they disagree with as racist. White nationalist, I'm sorry, white supremacist is is turning into that same thing where the meaning and the sting of that word is kind of going away simply because you just use it to, to slap somebody with that label because you don't agree with them. But he put that in that comment, and I'm not exactly sure why, but as I look at the rest of it, white nationalist, Western civilization, when did those words become offensive? And that really is a good question. They came uh, became offensive because of the left. The left needs names for a boogeyman. The left the left's platform is to have a boogeyman that the American people need to be protected from. Obviously, right now, that boogeyman is Trump, but they also have other boogeymans like racists, the KKK, the Nazis. They're overtaking this country all of a sudden. They got to have a boogeyman. So that's where these terms come from. If you break down the term white nationalist, that would just make you a white person that loves your country. But if you dared say you were a white nationalist or admitted you're a white nationalist, you would lose your job, you would be shunned from society, and forever labeled a racist. Just because you're a white person and you love your country. I made that same speech uh, on the terrestrial airwaves one time, and my boss got a few emails. Well, I say a few, it was probably all from the same person. Uh, got emails demanding action be taken against me because I was spewing racist rhetoric on his airwaves, declaring myself a, a racist by saying, I guess I'm a white nationalist. And if I use it in the sense of I'm a white guy and I love my country, doesn't that make me a white nationalist? I don't know. You can't use that term because the left has turned it into the boogeyman. And made it into a thing as white nationalist doesn't mean you love your country; it means you love your race, which really doesn't make sense. But whatever. So Steve King is catching a bunch of heat for those comments. I'm not gonna say that they're not deserved. There's no reason to say why is a white supremacist. Why is white supremacist offensive? Uh, I think that's pretty evident. If he would have left that part out, I'd probably defend the guy. But more than anything, it just seems like a boneheaded move. So take it for what it's worth. We'll see what happens to him. He's defending himself and says he will continue to defend himself uh, against the attacks because the New York Times completely took his comments out of uh, out of context. And he's being railroaded for not a good reason. And And that's another thing. The New York Times. I mean, if we're going to look at their reputation of taking things out of context, nobody does it more than the failing New York Times. So really, if we're looking at the stats and we're looking at the record, Representative Steve Steve King, he's actually got a case. But it's almost too late because both parties have jumped on this bandwagon of punishing him. So take it for what it's worth. We'll uh, we'll keep our eye on that and update you as that transpires. What else do we got? Oh, the Russia stuff. And I need to get into this because there was a—this was Representative John Cooper, who is a chairman of the Democratic Coalition. He claimed, as of Sunday—and I don't know how I missed this yesterday— He claimed on Sunday that an unnamed Republican thinks Lindsey Graham is being blackmailed by Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin over something related to a serious sexual kink. He also said Lindsey Graham's sexual orientation is an open secret, quote-unquote. So this guy is is now accusing Lindsey Graham of having some super sexual secret that both Trump and Vladimir Putin know they're threatening to release that information if he does not side with them on all of their policy issues, okay? Now, the Democrat. Coalition that this guy's the chairman of. It's a it's a super pack that was established back in 2016 uh, to defeat Trump. It was a pro Hillary pack, pro Democrat pack. Uh, this thing describes itself as an organization comprised of Democratic elected officials, party chairs, delegates, grassroots leaders, and activists. Basically, sounds like Fusion GPS or something. But here's the tweet from John Cooper, the chairman of this super PAC. He says, A Republican just told me that he doubts Lindsey Graham is kowtowing to Trump and indirectly Vladimir Putin because he's being blackmailed over his sexual orientation, which is an open secret, or even financial corruption. Rather, he thinks it probably involves some pretty serious sexual kink. That's correct, ladies and gentlemen. Lindsey Graham is now being attacked for supporting Donald Trump, saying that he's being blackmailed over some sort of sexcapade that he's trying to keep secret that not only Donald Trump knows about, but Vladimir Putin knows about as well. That's the state of the Democrat Party. That's the arguments that they're putting up. When we get back on the other side, I'll talk some more Russia stuff, also update you on what's going on in the committee, the Judiciary Committee right now, as we sit and we interview our brand new Attorney General, soon-to-be Attorney General, and uh, let you know what's going on on that front. We'll probably give you highlights on that tomorrow. But we will see as we go along. Over the line show, show overthelineshow.com. Make sure you check that out. Also, number here, 646-668-2714. We will be back right after this.
5: We were born for greatness. We're not nameless, we're not faceless, we were born for greatness. We're not nameless, we're not faceless, we were born for greatness. They say that I'm reckless because I'm relentless. They spit on my face and crush on my name and take it. My life in vengeance, yeah, you can try and blame us, and try and take what's sacred, but we're not nameless, we're not faceless, we were born for Space is a war-fighting domain Just like the land, the air, and sea We have the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Space Force uh, My new national strategy could be Space Force, Space, Space, for Space Force Space Force, Space, Space, for Space We're doing a tremendous amount of work in space. I said, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the Space Force. And I was not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Tremendous.
4: Tremendous. Space
5: Force, space, 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 force. Space Force, space, 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 force. Space Force, space, space, space.
1: A lot of cool stuff coming up soon, and if you want to be updated when that cool stuff comes, make sure you sign up for the newsletter at the bottom of the page, and we will send you an update. We'll send you a little uh, little reminder to go back to the page and look at all of our new fancy stuff. Speaking of the website, I want to talk to you for a second about uh, a dear friend of mine who uh, basically powers our website, OverTheLineShow.com. He's gone above and beyond to help me with that stuff, Nick the Marketer. Now, my man Nick has done some amazing work. Outside of my website, which there's a lot of stuff we're adding to overthelineshow.com. So we've I've stalled out personally on my end for getting some of the stuff up there. But he's he's ready to go. He's constantly like, hey, let's let's get this thing going. We're about to make some some success. He shows me some of the other things that he does, and I, I gotta tell you, the websites he does for other companies are absolutely Amazing. What he does is he basically takes clicks on your website and converts them into customers. He takes clicks on your website, gets people to your website, has them get in contact with you, and then turns them into customers. It's that, that's exactly what they do. They work with search engine optimization. They work with pay-per-click. They manage social media. All these things that he and his team does, it's an absolutely amazing process. I met with him yesterday and sat down, and he showed me some more of the things that, that he does for other people, and, and it's top-notch. I was absolutely amazed. I was like, how how do you pull all this off? This is amazing. <laughs> so what I want you guys to do, if you're interested In getting yourself a website set up, whether you've got a small business, medium-sized business, whatever the case is, if you've got a need for a website where you want to take that website, make sure people know about your business, make sure they see your business or your website when they go to Google or whatever search engine that they have to trip across your page to get to anything else, Nick's the man that's going to hook you up, nickthemarketer.com. You can call him 205-610-9550, 205-610-9550, and again, that's nickthemarketer.com. When you contact him, make sure you say, hey, heard you on the Over the Line Show podcast, wanted to uh, check you guys out, see what you got going on, see if you can help me. Solid dude, he's going to definitely help you out. Uh, my man, Nick, I appreciate everything he's done for me and the support he has uh, done for the show. He's been around for a long time, too, as far as the show goes. He's actually the, one of the first guys when we started the line on terrestrial radio. He was uh, he was the first guy I met. He's the one that uh, met me at the door on my first day and walked me around the building and showed me the ropes. So he's been there through the whole thing and that's why he supports he supported that show and he supports this show and whatever we got going forward he's behind us 100%. And we appreciate him. nickthemarketer.com. All right, back at it. You guys ready? You ready to roll? Let's move over to Russia. Russia. And by the way, the the committee hearing's still going on. I checked on it during the commercial break and uh, this is it, there's not really much going on. But in case you want to know what it sounds like, this is currently what's going on there. And I'd like to think that, that there was bipartisan consensus when I was last in this position that I acted with, with independence and professionalism and integrity, and I had very strong and productive relationships across— So it's not, it's not that exciting, honestly. I mean, Democrats are acting their, their normal selves— uh, everything revolves around the Mueller investigation they're really they're nervous that this guy has taken the position because he's not going to be a pushover like Jeff Sessions was they know that this guy has is coming in with the mindset of not making the same mistakes the last attorney General did he's not going to do those same things again which is what got Democrats in a good position to stretch out a fake hoax witch hunt for two years. They got a guy that's that's made comments that this thing is stretching too far and wide, and he is going to stand his ground as an attorney general and act appropriately in the sense of keeping this thing wrangled in. Because if we go back to the beginning, this thing is a fake investigation built on fake evidence, Okay. Fake evidence started this investigation into a crime that doesn't exist only to find other crimes that are not associated with it whatsoever. That's what this has been. But the mainstream media continues to push it. I actually saw a USA Today article yesterday that talks about a report saying that the Trump campaign had over 100 contacts with Russian-linked officials. Over 100-plus contacts with Russian-linked officials, reads this USA Today article. Trying to find the headline of it. I had it in front of me. Um, But here's the USA Today article summarized. Uh, It says... Those within Trump's team who had contacts with Russian-linked officials include Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, former Trump advisor, Roger Stone, the president's son, Donald Trump Jr., former Attorney General Jeff Sessions, former Trump campaign advisor, Carter Page, Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, former White House communications director, Anthony Scaramucci, and Trump's daughter, Ivanka Trump. This wasn't just one email or call or one this or that, they say. So that sounds pretty bad. There's a report out there saying that what sounds like Trump's entire cabinet was talking to Russians during the 2016 election cycle. What could possibly explain that? Well, as you do some research into where this report came from, because most of us won't take a report from any outlet at face value. I mean, at least we shouldn't. We look into it and we see exactly where it came from. Who put out this report? Who found the evidence that there had been 100-plus contacts with Russian officials by the Trump campaign? Apparently, this report has come from a think tank Named Center for American Progress. Most of you know that organization. It is funded by George Soros. The George Soros funded Center for American Progress is claiming that Trump cabinet officials had over a hundred contacts with Russian linked. Officials. So take that for what it's worth. This is the same George Soros whose fingerprints are all over the Fusion GPS stuff. All over the Fusion GPS stuff. All over the Christopher Steele stuff. He's got just as much to do with it as Hillary Clinton does. And Hillary Clinton paid for the documents. She paid for Christopher Steele to compile a bunch of fake evidence about Russian hookers peeing on Donald Trump in a hotel. She gives money to her law firm's Perkins Coley. Perkins Coley pays Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS pays Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele makes up a fantasy novel, sends it back, sends it over to the States. Gives it to some people to leak out, give it to the FBI, give it to, to just John McCain. Off to the race as they go. All with the intentions of starting this investigation. I think what happened with the Fusion GPS stuff, I, I think it was supposed to hit the fan before the election. And it didn't. It took some time to evolve. So once they got past the election, Hillary Clinton had lost, they had to take advantage of all the work they put in on that report. So they then went about starting an entire investigation to, one, either get Trump ousted from office or prevent him from being reelected in 2020. That is the basis of the Russia investigation which I don't have to tell you guys that. You guys know. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But the Center for American Progress, putting that report out there in USA Today with blatant bias soaking up that report and publishing it as if it is fact. It's what these media outlets do. It's what these newspapers and these websites do. They take something that's detrimental to Donald Trump, even though it has no basis, they can't corroborate it, they have no, uh, nothing. They just put in front of the headline, report, so they can put the blame off on whoever wrote the report. They don't have to take any responsibility for it if it's complete lies. They can just say, we're just reporting a report. If it's not true, uh, 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 what we said is true because the report is a real thing. But people perceive it differently. Even though you put the word report at the front of the headline, people read it and assume an outlet like USA Today who has been around for so long would have integrity and be honest and not post something that has no basis in fact. USA Today knows that. And that's why they do this. To shape public opinion, not to inform the public. They're not quite as bad as the mainstream media TV stations. But they're pretty bad. I watched Chris Matthews last night talk about... Uh, He's. He said, "Sometimes, I think Trump is just going to start speaking in Russian to us." This is how deranged they are. This is how embedded they are. And this goes back to, to the fact that they've transitioned from, uh, the border wall fight, which has been lost by the Democrats, to, back to, Russian collusion. That's always their fallback. We we, we thought, we've talked about it time and time again about how. They'll lose a fight in the, in the court of public opinion. And so they'll back away from that. They'll back away from that topic and go back to Russia. They're at that point now. Here's Chris Matthews last night on MSNBC. chris is responding to the revelation that
0: he was investigated as an agent by the, by the FBI by blasting the FBI as, quote, dirty cops. Uh, This is James Cagney stuff. You dirty rats. He says they're just out to get him. Here we go. Here's the president doing his street corner response. The people doing that investigation were people that have been caught that are known scoundrels. I guess you could say they're dirty cops. Well, it follows an avalanche of attacks that the president offered up in Twitter this weekend, all attempting to scapegoat the FBI. However, as we've seen since the outset of this investigation, Trump has used one excuse after another to deflect blame and discredit the work of real law enforcement.
3: I call it the Russian hoax. One of the great hoaxes. It's a Democrat hoax that was brought up as an excuse for losing an election. It is incredible the deep state where they don't
5: even look at her. Isn't it incredible?
3: And it is a witch hunt. If you look at the FBI uh, statements with Strzok and his lover, Lisa Page, you look at Brennan, you look at Clapper, you look at Hayden. I think Bruce Orr is a disgrace. Some of the people at the top were rotten apples. James Comey was one of them look, during look, the course look. of the election. How many times do I have to answer this question? Can you just say Russia yes, you know, is no on a it? ruse. It's all a ruse. They have nothing to do with Russia. They're investigating something that never happened.
0: You, you I mean, so let's talk about being human beings.
1: Uh, He's right, you know. He's actually right.
0: American, uh, most Americans, I think, are patriotic in <laughs> different ways, in different ways they express it. Uh, if you accused of being a foreign agent against this country, uh, your reaction would be, I would think, personal. Uh, and you would begin to say, let me explain to people that are actually listening to me. I was trying to cut a deal with the Russians. I wasn't going to be knee-jerk restarting the Cold War. I didn't want to do all the, the diplomatic professors were doing. I thought we're falling back in that trap of the Cold War. So I was trying to work a little nice. I was trying to do a couple
1: things. Try- and that's exactly what he's done. That is exactly what Donald Trump has done. When, when he's talked about it in the past, he said, here's the thing. We don't want to fight with Russia. We don't want to be in a war with Russia. If we can be friendly with Russia and get a deal and do stuff that's better for the country, that's what we're gonna do. Why do I wanna go up there and start fighting with the guy right off the bat? Let's see what we can do for the betterment of this country and for the betterment of Russia. If it helps them out, it helps them out. Chris Matthews just laid out a hypothetical of what Donald Trump should do. Turns out it's exactly what Donald Trump has done. Explain if he's innocent. But his defense has been, screw you. His
0: defense has been to trash the people going after, including all kinds of government pure, uh, bureaucrats and good FBI agents. He doesn't act in a way, it seems to me most normal, I'm going to get to Greg on this, but most normal people do if they're accused. I think you also have to remember that this was a president who ran
1: on being a law and order president. He says that he calls himself a nationalist because he says that that's a patriotic term. A Russian he also nationalist. said that it, in, his, in his campaign slogan was make America great again. And, and there they go again with the terminology. He calls himself a nationalist, like it's some sort of patriotic term. Well, actually it is, lady. His whole idea was about how much he loved America. I would think that if he could, you would think that he would offer that as someone who understands media and messaging and say, I I love America. This is what I believe. Instead, it took him more than 24 hours to say. Now they're accusing him of not loving America. and not even saying that he loves America. They don't work for Russia. That's pretty remarkable, and it's it's telling that even people inside the White House were saying, you need to get this answer right, and when we put you out on on the White House lawn this morning, you better answer that question in a very definitive way, which is what he did. There was a great movie many years ago way out
0: with Kevin Costner. And at the end of the movies, he turns out to be the agent. He's speaking in fluent Russian. I sometimes think we're getting near that. You know, he's going to just start talking to us in Russian, yelling at us. I mean, why doesn't he speak? We haven't dealt with defendants. Is there a normal way? <laughs> it's to
1: defend- so ridiculous. What, well, my favorite thing is when they, they, they spend all this time calling Donald Trump a buffoon, but then they give him credit for um, being a, an, a very intelligent person. So intelligent that he's bamboozled the entire electoral system. He's fluent in Russian. He's bilingual now. So many things. He's the smartest buffoon of all time, according to the left. There's going to be plenty more to get to on that front, and tomorrow... Uh, we'll also be talking about what's happening in this committee hearing with the upcoming attorney general, what that means. Uh, Barr is, is he's like, I'm trying to think of a way to describe him. As most of you guys know, he, he worked as uh, an attorney general. He's already had that position. It was under the George W. Bush administration. He is a Republican, obviously, which party shouldn't matter when it comes to the Department of Justice, but uh, as we've seen over the last 10 years, party does matter, and party will sway the way you oversee law and order in this country. He is somewhat of what i've heard described as an establishment republican but i don't think that that's said in a negative context for for so many so many weeks and months especially after donald trump was elected we we've taken the term establishment establishment democrat establishment republican and it's turned into a bad thing and i still think it's it's a bad thing i think it's a bad term none of us like the establishment the establishment our hatred for the establishment is what got Donald Trump elected cuz the establishment they didn't work for the american people they lied to the american people they they promise all these things and never never go through with them so the establishment is bad but when he's described as the establishment i think that just means his commitment to the republican party Take that for what it's worth. I don't know that that really means anything. Uh, All we need to know is that this guy is going to get in. He's going to do his job. He's not going to be pushed around by the Democrats. He's not going to be kowtowing to uh, politicians that ask him to recuse himself just because they say so when he knows it's not right to recuse himself. And he's going to stand up against Robert Mueller, this Russian witch hunt, and he's going to say enough is enough. He doesn't have to go in there and say, we're shutting it down. It's It's gone way too far, stretched way too wide. And it has nothing to do with, with what you claim it's got to do with. But show some oversight. Chastise these people. Don't be scared to go in there and say, listen, this is not what this investigation is supposed to be about. Wrangle it in. And put a time limit. That there's got to be a report coming out by such and such date. There are people already out there. They're saying this thing's close to being wrapped up. And that's something we've heard for months now. The media reports, it's coming, it's coming, it's going to be bad for Donald Trump. Now they're saying it's coming, but it's going to be very anticlimactic. We'll see what happens. But this Attorney General needs to stand his ground and make sure this thing does not continue to spiral as it has been for the entirety of Trump's presidency. Uh, I had some of you guys asking me if I was going to talk about the new Gillette commercial. I don't know if y'all have seen it. I thought about playing the audio of it here, but it's uh, I don't think it portrays what's actually in there. So let me just give you a quick synopsis. In this new Gillette commercial... It's a it's a Me Too hashtag Me Too commercial, and it's basically condemning toxic masculinity, if you will, if that's the term we need to use. It shows a couple of uh uh kids, probably eight year old boys, wrestling in in the uh in the yard while the dads are out there barbecuing, and they're like wrestling around, fighting, whatever, doing, doing what boys do. And it does this whole thing about how horrible it is that that the dads are just allowing that to go on and they should be stopping it. It also talks about all this other uh, stuff, uh, sexual harassment and how men need to stand up against other men, so on and so forth. You can go online and watch it yourself, but this is not going to be a good thing for Gillette. It's not going to go over well because there's no reason Gillette needs to insert themselves. And I, I'm sure they had some latte-sipping, skinny jeans marketing guru in their marketing department that said, this is what we need to do. This is the way to go. We need to send a message. Yeah, we want to sell products, but we've got a larger calling. That's what, de- that's what Democrats do. They don't care about anything. They, they get on their soapbox about these social issues. And they feel like that they've got this moral high ground where it's their responsibility to go out there and, and stop certain things from happening or to preach to the rest of us about this is wrong or that's wrong or you need to stop doing this. Being white's a bad thing. Toxic masculinity is a is an actual thing. They feel like they've got this, this responsibility and this duty to save the world from things like being a manly man or the roles of men and women in society. And when corporations, when NFL teams, whatever, get out there and start preaching to the American public about how society should work or how people should live their lives, it never works out. It never works out. It's because America doesn't want to be preached to by a company that produces razors. America doesn't want to be preached to by athletes that make millions of dollars a year to play a game. America doesn't want to be preached to by these people. They want you to do what you're supposed to do, and that's make good razors. Win football games. That's that's what they want you to do. That's it. They don't want to hear your opinions. They don't want to hear your stance on, on, uh, on men and women and, and the wage gap and the masculinity and testosterone and all this stuff. They don't want to know. They don't care. We don't care as Americans. We just want you to do what made you who you are in the first place. Stick with what made you the money. Playing football. Making razors. Making music, doing rock concerts. Don't get on stage and talk about F Trump and blah, 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 blah. Nobody cares. So watch as Gillette stocks plummet because they're hemorrhaging customers and money over the next few days. It's almost guaranteed to happen. But we'll talk more about that tomorrow... On tomorrow's show, Wednesday edition of Over the Line. We should have my man Jeff Poor. Hopefully, uh, Michael Hart. Going to try to squeeze in Scott Beeson sometime this week. Maybe. 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 I don't know. We'll see. I also had another story I didn't get to. It was about a pastor that's been forced to resign over a church sign. You know, they got signs out front. And he put... Something on there that said homosexuality is a sin. He's been forced to resign for allowing that sign to be displayed out in front of his church. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Again, over the line, show.com And don't forget to check out my man, Nick the Marketer. NickTheMarketer.com. Visit his site if you've got website needs. He's the man that's going to hook you up. Big supporter of this show, and we're all about some Nick the Marketer. Make sure you catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, all those places. Anchor as well. And uh, keep up with us. Give us some clicks. Listen to the show. Share it with your friends. All that and more tomorrow. Until then, see you, cuz.